you get a track limit violation. You get a track limit violation. Everyone gets a track limit violation. That's what we're here to talk about. We're not here to talk about the racing, we're here to talk about track limits because that's all the commentators did at the weekend in the Formula 1. So, did you guys enjoy the track limit fiascos? Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy it. So, Well, it, it was dramatic, and I suppose dramatic in an era of one driver winning every race is something to think about, at least. True. Sorry, Tom, you've just picked up a five-second penalty in that little bit. <laughs> Why? I, I, I <laughs> apparently. Yeah, but what about Nick? He was over limits as well. Uh, Nick still apparently on his fourth warning, even though I've seen him on TV go oh. off about eight times. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, there's a delay. There's a lag of five True, laps. yeah. I'll get my penalty in three weeks' time. <laughs> well, you know. So, yes, it was the Austrian Grand Prix from... I always think of it as the A1 ring, but the Red Bull ring. And uh, is it the Styrian Mountains? Osterreich ring. Yeah. Yes. So, Red Bull ring. Red Bull dominance, essentially, is the headline. Max Verstappen top in qualifying, sprint, sprint qualifying, and the race. But there was a little bit of uh, intrigue that we can talk about with the, the leading two Red Bulls, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit there for us to talk about in this episode. Plus, there was some decent battles and a bit of weather as well. So I rather enjoyed it, to be honest. I was just annoyed at constantly hearing about people going over white lines. Yeah. Do we want to get into track limits now, or do I actually talk about the racing first and then cover it at the end? Well, to be honest, it was all throughout qualifying and the races anyway, so we can talk about it whenever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Plenty of opportunities. But it was a sprint weekend, so straight into qualifying on Friday afternoon or Friday evening, which I, I quite enjoy, to be honest. Yeah, I'm down for Friday evening action. Couple of things. Yeah, that's all I've got to say on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Q1 was dry. Oh, sprint, not sprint. Normal qualifying was dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Q1 was Magnussen, which was maybe the only kind of shot when you see Hulkenberg he did and uh, we lost Sergio Perez in Q2 started 15th because he kept getting track limit warnings yeah or violations turn 10 that just annoys me though not the fact that he got the um, times taken away but the fact that he didn't drive that tiny bit slower just to get through yeah such a car advantage there's no need right yeah was this the third Perez qualifying blunder in a row it was Probably. four in a row, isn't it? Uh, it might be four, yeah. Four times he's missed out in Q3 in a row. In the fastest car. Dear, oh dear. It's, uh, it's not good. Did you see Christian Horner after the race? Or after qualifying? Yes. He that was, was fuming. It was hilarious. Why is he fuming, though? Because he doesn't... They don't care. They don't care about Perez. I'm convinced. Like, it doesn't matter. Kind of. They need him for um, points. Not they don't. Not for they drivers' really. points, but for championship points. They want to make sure that they win that championship. The teams, which they will, yeah, they, obviously. They will, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a full anger, I think, mm. to sort of say, "Oh, we we, we care about Perez." Cause, oh, well, but secretly, oh yeah, fantastic, Max and Paul. <laughs> it was upset because it left them two Ferraris versus one Red Bull, but Max was twenty-five yeah, but... seconds ahead of the nearest Ferrari at the end, anyway. So. I suppose, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but the Leclerc did a smashing job 
to be that close, and that gave you a bit of false hope, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, upgrades. That oh, they're within a tenth. Here we go. To be fair, in qualifying, yes. it, they were close. It was four hundredths of a second or something like that. Leclerc mm-hmm. second, and Lando Norris up in fourth. He's got the McLaren upgrade, which really worked here. But this is a yeah, bit of a absolutely weird smashed Piastri. Yeah, but Piastri didn't have those upgrades. Oh yes, I'd forgotten that, and I knew that. Good point. <laughs> And but it also, it could be that those upgrades suit this track. We have to wait and see now until oh, yes. the next race to see if it's a big step forward. Same for Ferrari, I think. Yeah, and Piastri was a bit um, hard done by in a couple of occasions as well. Q2 also dropped out George Russell <laughs> yeah. in the Mercedes, which was a, a bit of a shock. They thought they'd be good here. Turns out they were bad here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopeless. Bad. And Alex Albon got in a Q3 again, as did Hulkenberg. Hulken back the Hulk smash mm. on uh, Magnussen so far this year. I think uh, not yeah. every race, but on Hull, definitely in qualifying. Mm. And qualifying to me is a sign of the drivers still got it. Mm. Uh, when you know when they age a bit and they may have been out of the sport for a bit, you might expect them to qualify poorly. But like Alexander Verts when he came back, for example, right? But then do uh, yeah. well in the odd race and snag a podium. Uh, Hulkenberg's you know got the raw speed still. I mean, was it in, I can't remember which qualifying it was now, but when Science didn't set a time, was in the garage the whole time and came out at the end and smashed it? Yes, that was in thought, sprint qualifying one. It was. Thank you. I couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah, he had one lap and uh, he, went, he went quickest with it. So sprint qualifying was Saturday morning and it was... Is it sprint qualifying or sprint shoot? Uh, sprint shootout. Yes, that thing. God knows. It was changeable <laughs> conditions. It started where it was getting drier. Uh, but we lost a couple of other big names. Lewis Hamilton is out in Q1. Track mm. limits again. And some Max Verstappen balking. Uh, oh, him. yeah. Yeah, that was not, just... Uh, not the best performance, was it? Bad from both of them, really. But Max's was intentional. Whereas <laughs> yes. wasn't. <laughs> exactly, mm. exactly. How Hamilton pulled in front of him at the last corner, but then Max just I'm surprised he didn't run into him. To be honest, mm. um, but yeah, he, he just deliberately did that. Which it, it was a wee loop. Probably got away with that, wasn't it? Because he actually he aborted a lap because mm-hmm. he, he started at, at full speed, so he aborted a lap rather than blocking on a cooldown. Yeah, which we all know is nonsense, but mm. gets away with it. Russell was out in Q2, though. Yeah, just no pace. At least in quality, tr- quality trim. And then at the front, you had Perez behind Mr. Stappen, Norris third, and Hulkenberg fourth. Yeah, brilliant by Hulkenberg. Bravo, bravo, yeah. And Norris, both on to real top form this weekend, mm-hmm. I thought. And Charlie Leclerc picked up a penalty for blocking Oscar Piastri. And Piastri was out in Q1 as well. Yeah, fully deserved that one. To reiterate what I've said in previous episodes, I really like the sprint shootout, to get the right name, uh, format. I'd almost vote for that as the main one, but I know I'm in the minority there. It's frantic. Yeah. Yep. I just, I I agree with, I think it was possibly Lando said, I like it, I just wouldn't want to do it every week. Fair enough. 
So sprint afternoon. It's a wet race to start with. Bottas uh, starts on his formation lap on dries, but comes in for for enters uh, on the formation lap. Perez dives up inside the max at turn one, takes the lead, uh, gets a compromised exit, and then doesn't see Max on his right hand side and puts him on the grass. Hmm. Mm. I'm still not convinced on the doesn't see, but uh, I don't think it was too bad a move anyway. I don't. No. When when you watch Max's on board, mm-hmm. Perez's t- trajectory coming out the corner, as soon as he's clear of the left curb and left, mm-hmm. he starts heading right yeah. before Max makes the move. So the move is telegraphed. I know they're traveling at 150 miles an hour and it's yeah. a second decision. Uh, but it's not one of those where, oh, he just moved because Max is alongside him. Mm-hmm. Like he's steadily moving from left to right, you know, before Max even makes that move. But it would have been embarrassing because he got two wheels on the grass there for Verstappen. Yep. That could have been a huge crash. I'm with him there. But I don't. I don't really apportion a huge blame to Prez. And obviously the stewards didn't do anything about it, which speaks volumes. No, and uh, you can always slow down. You don't have to keep. Exactly. You can always back off. Yeah, which he, I think, he did I think, eventually. Yeah, but only because he was on the grass. Hmm. I think Perez has made a a legal but hard move there. Um, I understand why Max has blown up on the radio in the immediacy. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like the fact that when the team's saying, well done for the win, he goes, yeah, but that first corner is bad. Yeah. Well, I'm actually okay with that. But then uh, immediately after the race, when journalists asked, tried to ask, ask about it, he wouldn't answer it. And said it's a non-story unless you're going to do something anyway for the clicks. It's like you can't have a go, I don't think, at the media for asking about a, a race incident for the lead, which hasn't happened since the beginning of the season, arguably. <laughs> True. And with your teammate, there's a bit of an angle there. And when you've chosen to mention it for a second time during the race-winning radio clip, which is known, will always be played. Yeah. So I thought that was a bit weird. He gets his revenge, though. He goes full Rosberg. Uh, turns <laughs> it was Rosberg, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> turn three. He made it... Uh, I'm quite cynical here. He made it look like he was out of control of his car. Right? But I haven't done a lot Which of was like Rosberg in Monaco. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no! Exactly. Oh, uh, <laughs> Alonso in Canada, the pit, pit lane when Hamilton was pulled out this season. Exactly. Oh, oh, I've had to avoid him. So, he runs deep, apparently, at turn three. Gets lead back from Checo. Oh, I felt so sorry for Lando on this. He gets caught behind yeah, him. Car goes I in the ante, so Just destroys his race. Yeah, and just slightly then tighter. F- he would have had the lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, uh, the one you would say, Tom, and it turned four. I thought this was bad for Max. Yeah, that was the worst one, I thought. It, it, that- <laughs> he makes no attempt to get anywhere near the corner. Mm. In my mind, it's more egregious than Perez's move coming out the first corner. Oh, uh, yeah, because it's... By a country mile. <laughs> totally deliberate. You can say for the other two that it's not. Or you could... Yeah, Perez has said, which I don't really believe, oh, I couldn't see him in the spray. Yeah. I think it was a deliberate move. I just think it was a fair, harsh move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, <laughs> but, I mean, when they're talking about, oh, potentially throwing away a result, Max's move at the ne- this next corner could have potentially... You know, knocked them both out into the gravel, mm-hmm. and it certainly lost Perez a position to Hulkenberg. And then who knows what happens, right? He could have crashed into Hulkenberg trying to get past him later in the race, and yeah, exactly. You know, 
uh, impacted the team points even more. If he had done yeah. that on another team, or if he had done that on like a Ferrari or a Mercedes, he would have got a penalty. Yeah, because he had no one. Do you think? He, had, he, ran, he ran him off the track essentially and gave him absolutely no chance of making the corner. Hmm. But Christian Horner is never going to criticise Max, is he? No. No, I mean, no team principal is going to criticise their driver ever. But what I would say is you get the impression that even internally <laughs> there won't even be a hard conversation about that, I don't think. Um, Max is getting revenge. Oh, have I, have I dropped out? No. No. Oh, all right, sorry. We're just in awe. <laughs> so that's that incident covered. Uh, and that was the end of the sprint. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was an enjoyable sprint. Um... I was all excited for our boy Honkenberg at Peter. Yeah, I was. He's going to get his first top three, and it's looking good for the first handful of laps, and then his tyres go completely, and he just drops like a stone at that point. Yeah, it was a recurring theme with this car, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They just, just chew the tyres like nothing. Ferrari had the same problem, but they, they, they think they've, they've fixed it now, so... Yeah, they they have a bit more inherent pace as well, so mm. it's not as obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, Ferrari has been pretty poor on its tire life throughout the year. Mm. The sister Haas though does a uh, spectacular work getting around it. Say to George Russell at turn seven. Brilliant! That's move of the day, move of the weekend. <laughs> I'm going to say. Yeah, he is a good racer, isn't he, Magnussen? He's mm-hmm. up and down with his pace all over the place, but. And the race, he's great value. Yeah. Yeah, F1 would be a poorer place without those moves. Yeah. Or attempted moves. <laughs> the, uh, I love that that middle complex now is an overtaken place. Coming out mm, of 4 mm-hmm. into 5. That, um, they haven't changed the corners, it's the cars that have changed, right? Yeah, essentially. And it's, it's it allows them to ground effect, it allows them to go around, around the outside of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. So Hamilton's uh, kind of recovering. He's had a decent start. He's up a chunky places. Um, lap ten, he's up next to Magnussen. Gets, pardon me. <clears throat> he's up next to Magnussen and uh, manages to get through going outside the turn six, which is a uh, very brave. Yes. And uh, yeah, everyone's getting past Hulkenberg. It's ruining my ruining my, my hopes. My my dreams are dashed again. Yeah. Uh, Ocon is fighting with Charles Clerk and he's driving his usual aggressive style and just isn't letting the Ferrari pass as much. Defending brilliantly, I thought it before towards the little middle section. Yeah. He's always very feisty, isn't he? But it's it's fun. This sort of fight gets Norris on the back. Sorry, Tom. No, sorry. Do you think Ocon is is smashing Gasly? I'm of the opinion this year that he's, um, even if they're close sometimes, I, I expected a bit more from Gasly this year. Yes, but at the same time, it is a new team to him. Ocon's been there a while. True. It's another one of those where I think it needs to wait till the end of the season. But I just keep looking at Hulkenberg versus Magnussen and think. Yeah, but Hulk is Hulk. 
<laughs> he's jumped in so many cars lately over the last few years that True. I think he's used to that. Gasly did say at the weekend he was the, it's been a learning process. Hmm. Going from now. I mean, I would say that it. if I was being beaten by Ocon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, so the fight with Ocon and Leclerc lets Norris get on the back of Leclerc and uh, Charles makes a mistake at the final corner and Norris is through. Russell was the first one to go in and try tyres and he's instantly, instantly rewarded. Um, he's, he's super quick, starts coming back through the field. DRS is activated, which gets stroll past Hulkenberg, and Hulkenberg comes into the uh, pits for dry tyres, which helps him recover some points from the day. He starts fighting back through, gets ahead of Ocon, I think. He, does he get one of the Astons as well? As he's going back through, so... I think, I think so. he did. No. Either way, it was a quite a ris- risky strategy, wasn't it, I thought, at first. But with that, because they were in the points, he was up in fourth, I think, maybe still at that point. But the Astons were looming, and then uh, no, he didn't get an Aston at the end. Uh, he got an Alpine towards the end. Yes. Um, mm. So you could say net he's lost a couple of positions there, but I think with the tire wear, the trend yeah. was he could have dropped out the points completely. So take the punt. So I think it was right for the Haas car to do that, mm-hmm. but it was right for Aston to stay out. Yeah, they just managed to hold on. It was a second back from Hockenberg to Alonso. So they just managed to hold on. Lewis pits later than um, Russell. Manages to overtake him in the pit stops, but Russell's temperatures are warm. The tyres are warm, so he gets straight back past. And there's a nice little fight with Hamilton and Leclerc. Down into turn four. Hamilton's alongside, but like a few times this weekend, he breaks quite early and almost backs out of it. Yeah. Leclerc runs wide for four and it just lets him get through good traction, takes position. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Lewis has been quite hesitant quite a few times this weekend, I thought. He was complaining about when the he's brakes. Not, not in form. Mm. He, he, he can't make those clinical moves, I don't think. And I don't want the rot to sit in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just don't think he trusts the car. Yeah. So Russell managed to get eight for four of Norris and he is basically... Because he's at the finish line at the exact same time as Espan Ocon, practically. I think there is nine thousandths of a second between them. Yeah. Yeah, for seventh position. But yeah, I felt sorry for Lando on this. He almost oh, had did, an amazing yeah. weekend. Yeah, it was very unfortunate, wasn't it? What can you do? I feel enjoyed the sprint. Nice little half hour on my Saturday evening. Yeah, mixed ball conditions always uh, spices it up as well. Then we had the main Grand Prix, the proper one, on Sunday, which was dry. They kept mentioning rain on the radar and things, which I, I never believed them. So, No. Hamilton manages to get past Norris at the start, going around outside. It's uh, Lina Stern at the front. McCork has a go into turn three, but can't make the move. It's just well defended by Max. Turn. Yeah, actual good defence this time, not the savage savage moves. Yeah. And turn one, Shinoda decides to dive bomb up the inside of Bottas, cuts the back end of Ocon, damages his wing, and then in turn four just forgets to break and uh, <laughs> has a little trip through the gravel. Like, yeah, you, watch, a, you watch his onboards, he is nowhere near 
and yeah, make him the, that corner. It was quite funny. It was it was like one of my manoeuvres on Gran Turismo where it's like, um, this has gone wrong. I must just avoid the cars rather than <laughs> smashing into them. Yes. It was exactly like that. Yeah. Especially in that uh, engine swap time too. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I did feel a little sorry for him at turn one. I thought it was actually quite a good move, but just yeah. mm, clobbered that curb just a, at the wrong angle and it was just unfortunate there was a, a car there to uh, rip off part of that. Was it his front wing? Yes. It was, yeah. Yeah. And then Bottas got somehow caught up and lost a bit of his wing as well, right? Yeah. He he had uh, the bit off wing that fell off and all this ah, car. that's it. Yeah. And broke his front wing. He kept going and with it, it also. Yeah. It did. And I thought, ooh, where's the where's the meatball flag? They said on commentary that this weekend it was up to the teams to decide. Why is it up to the teams? I think that's the rule for this year. Ooh, interesting. In general. But yeah, it's uh, the teams have to decide if it's safe. Um, But yeah, who then overrules the teams if it's clearly not? Mm. That's what I don't get. I can just picture Gunther. <laughs> yeah. You know, exploding. You only need two wheels. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was the same with, that with the Alpine at Canada with the wobbly rear wing. Mm-hmm. The mm, reason, reason he wasn't calling the pits is because Alpine told the FIA it was safe. Yeah. It didn't look safe to me, though, that. No, me neither. No. Nope. But at the same time, they were right. We he did finish the race. Well, true. I'd slap a flag on it, but yeah. there we go. That's why we're not in the rules for Formula 1. So the debris at Turn 1 causes a safety car, which is in just two laps later. Max keeps his lead quite comfortably. Stroll gets past Hulkenberg and there's a nice little fight forming at the bottom of the points. And they've got another another Alex Albon train like yeah. we had in uh, Canada. There's nobody can match the straight line speed of that apart from... We need a name for that. Because mm. we had Trilly train. We'd have, we'll come back to it. An Albon something or other. Yeah, when you think of a name. An alliteration. Yeah, we've got committed, Kid of Mr... Kerfuffle. Oh God, I can say it. Someone Crofty said the word kerfuffle in commentary this weekend, and I immediately thought, <laughs> I immediately thought of you, Tom. Uh, it was it was all the shenanigans at turn one and lap one. He called it a kerfuffle. He was doing my head in this weekend, there, Crofty. Oh, he's so crap, isn't he? I wouldn't listen to him. So, well, he was constantly mixing up Ocon and Gasly and several of the other teammates as well, and it was just, oh. you know, it was just getting really annoying. <laughs> Like people make genuine mistakes, and I get it. It must not be an easy yeah. job, but it is your job. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens every time we cut to a battle. He never mm. gets it right. It's like I can look at, like I can take a quick glance at the the timing screen, and I can figure out who it is immediately. Like yeah. just look to the side. It tells you the order that the cars are in, or it, it always calls. Uh, like a defensive move, he also he always calls it as an overtake. You know, like no, they're, yeah, they were in that position already. Ted, Ted, Crofty, Ted annoyed <laughs> me as well. But yes, what I did so like, I like is uh, watching. Was, uh... Sorry, it's going to No, I was just going to say I did like the fact that when watching the Howitz back now, you get alternate commentary, which mm. isn't perfect, but I, I do prefer it. No, I was just liking the fact that you was moaning about him getting people's names wrong. And yeah, I know. You did the same. I know. I know. <laughs> It's when I get in a rant you about hypocrite. when I get a rant about uh, Sky presenters, it just always comes back to Ted. 
Um, I'm I'm with you there. I don't think the alternative commentary is the greatest, but I I just prefer it. Yeah, I, yeah. I prefer it. It's cleaner, as mm-hmm. we probably say. It is, and they've got a bigger vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> a lot of vocabulary. It was easy for me to say, and so. Um, <laughs> We're coming off as I, such hypocrites yeah, here. that. Yeah, I know we are. <laughs> this is this is moving on. Uh, Utter morons. We, we we should we should try it ourselves for yeah we'll picking an event and trying to. At least we're self-effacing. Yeah, yeah we know we're crap. Yeah. So uh, how come the Albon appendage? No, oh, that's just not right. No. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, we'll think about it. Let's, <laughs> the listeners can send in their, their A's that go after Albon. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, what happens? Perez is coming through the field, but it's boring. And yeah. uh, he does this 10 times a season, and everyone talks about what an amazing driver it is. And it's like, it's not. You're in the quickest car coming back from 15 because you were a tool on Friday. Yeah. So, Hulkenberg gets a track limit warning as he pulls off with his uh, <laughs> no uh, <yeah>. power. <laughs> that was quite amusing. C- counts towards one of his strikes. Uh, he retires. Hamon gets warnings, multiple warnings. Norris is constantly reporting him back on the radio as doing track uh-huh. limits. And he gets a. Was that being at high school all over again? Yep. Yeah. And he gets a five second penalty for that. There's a VSC. For, uh, Early on, yeah, no, he's got a long way to go. But there's a VSC because of Hulkenberg's car, and there's a bunch of cars coming to their early pit stops. Ferraris miss the pits lane on the first way round when the VSC was called. They decide to double stack, which then causes signs places because the VSC ends and they had slow stops. Mm. So signs loses a few places, but he manages to get them back pretty quickly and easily. But he's lost a lot of time then to Leclerc. Yeah. He's got track position, but he's 12 old seconds behind his team, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, the, the number might be incorrect there. No, Do you think before yeah. that they should have switched the two cars? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Sites clearly looked quicker. And mm. if he just let him through, give him a few laps. If he doesn't pull away from him, swap him back. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah. I'm of the opinion that they could have the swap back arrangement. Mm. Uh, although I think it was Tiffany Dillon who made a good point, which was, of course, science is close. He had the DRS and Leclerc didn't. Yes, that's true. And if he had DRS and wasn't able to overtake, he might not have had the ultimate pace. But I would have liked to have seen it try anyway. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm saying that um, if you let him through and he doesn't pull away, then exactly. you know. If he does pull away, you know he's quicker. Having said that, they were never going to beat Max. No. But you still want to... You never know what else is going to happen in the race, so you have to maximise your own strategy, don't you? Yeah, well, I just would want to see someone try and pressure him into making a mistake. Well, we saw, arguably, with Perez giving the slight squeeze, and look how perturbed he was for that to do those two manoeuvres. Yeah. What we want to see as as fans, regardless of who it is, the dominant driver, come under pressure. Yeah. Max had been getting a lot of praise I saw a lot after this weekend for how calm and collected he is now. He's driving like Schumacher was and all this. Which he is. Ah, mm. oh, it's different. But you can see as soon as some one little thing goes against him, that old Max is still there to jump out. Yes. 
Exactly. Petulant. And by the way, Schumacher could be petulant when he wanted to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just stop at Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People have rose-tinted spectacles, I think, looking back. Uh-huh. But that old Max is still in there, and if he was in a title fight, um, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be getting the same sort of praise he is now because he would be... The old Max would come out, I think. Mm. I think that comes across as anti-Max, but it's more anti-domination. Oh, That's yeah. our stance. Yeah. You just want a battle. He's not under pressure. It's show jumping for mm-hmm. him, as yeah. it proves at the end by pitting on the penultimate lap when he's got a 23-second gap. Yeah. <laughs> comes into pits, puts on soft tires to get the, an extra point for the fastest lap. Like... The the confidence needed. The confidence the team's like, is incredible. Yeah, yeah. He was arguing, wasn't he, with the team almost? I know. We don't feel it's worth the risk, and it's like, I want everything. <laughs> exactly. But that's what makes him a great driver. Mm-hmm. It's, Correct. Yeah. You know, it's not a and a champion. Well, yeah. It's just irritating to see when there's no one hassling him. What what frustrates us is. There's incredible drivers and they're not being tested. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst of the Hamilton years, he wasn't being tested by Bottas. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the dominance of the Red Bull car. It was close, but this Red Bull car is incredible. Mm-hmm. But there was times where he wasn't pushed by anyone, and he won at a canter. And then there was other times where Rosberg pushed him, Vettel, <clears throat> Vettel pushed him, mm-hmm. and you saw fights, and you saw cracks, and you saw. How did he respond? And the only time I've seen Max in a title fight, he didn't respond well. He won. Don't mention it. He, no, no, mention no, it. no, 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 not that. Not he won it in the end. He won it at the end, um, <laughs> but he uh, we saw him driving petulantly and defending unfairly yeah, and all yeah, this. Yeah, so yeah. I want to see him tested again. I have zero interest in watching another three years of this until we get to the next rule change. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen, though. I know. And in the Hamilton years, if we were podcasting then, well, we can't say what we would say, but my personal experience was I I was switched off when Bottas wasn't challenging Hamilton hard enough. Yeah. Like, I was critical during that period. Um, so, for... Red Bull fans and Max fans, you're doing a fantastic, amazing job. But it's more just domination in Formula 1 in general, to reiterate that point again. And I was this critical, unswitched off of the sport when Hamilton was just, like what Colin said, winning on a canter. And that was a very good point to raise that Hamilton point there, Colin. Thanks. Mm. And by the way, when I was young with Schumacher, some of those years were really boring. Barrichello wasn't allowed to attack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whereas this one, Perez is allowed to attack. He's just completely incompetent. Is he, though? <laughs> well. I, it's, yeah. it's a bit of both, I think. I know, I know. <laughs> to be fair, we, we all love Checo. He's just... He gets shown up, doesn't he? It's not going well this year. But the, I, mm. I just don't think the team needs to replace him. No. They don't want a hot shot. No. So that's the scenario. No. Uh, one man that might be... Get getting... Norris in there, though. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Get Norris in there. Moving on. Yes. One man that might be getting replaced, though, is Nick DeVries. He's got... Nick DeBree. Yes, he's got four races to save his career. And this one wasn't going brilliantly either, was it? He was well, I just back. think it's harsh to, to put that number on him. I do as well. 
Fact to Helmet Marco came out in an interview last week and said, I wanted him, but Christian Horner didn't, and he looks like he was right. Who does that? Though? It's not going to help the lad. But he was in a fight this weekend with Magnuson. Um, he squeezes Magnuson and exit turn four, which probably borderline, but probably okay. And then on exit off, I can't remember if that's six. five or six. It is six, isn't it? Six. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Magnus is trying to go around outside and he just drives him straight off into the gravel and he cuts just it. to interject, interject here with a, a corner number refresher which we talk about every year at the Red Bull Ring mm-hmm. turn one is a corner the kink down to turn two is a corner therefore it's one two three uh, yes the kink between three and four is not a corner for no apparent reason <laughs> yep <laughs> but the kink coming out of four is five yeah I know it, so the left hand is six. Because depending which track maps you look at, it has eight corners or ten. <laughs> yeah, the one I'm looking at here is ten. Yes, that's the official. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So when they're saying on the radio to drivers, it's turn ten, do you think Hamilton could have just got confused between nine and ten? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Mercedes has an alternative track corner number. I don't know. Yeah. I love the way they said to him, slow down. Um, you know, be careful at turn ten. I can't. The car runs wide. Well, then... Don't use quite so much throttle. Yeah, it wasn't a good excuse, that was it? <laughs> no. Not a good look. <laughs> it's not as bad. As, I know I'm jumping ahead, but it's not as bad as the one from Carlos later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's that was a... ironic, though. <laughs> no, I kept saying it. <laughs> He's trying to intimidate me. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> Too right, he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Carlos. Oh, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so talk about Hamilton. He's got Norris behind him and he's picking up track limits everywhere. Um, he runs deep into turn three and Norris finally gets past him into turn four. Uh, we get a wave of penalties from Sainz, I think, Sonoda, gotcha. uh, uh, Albon. Albon's upset because the first time he hears about track limits is when he, he gets a penalty. Oh, I think Sargent gets... Uh, Everyone gets penalty. Yeah. Everyone gets them apart from Verstappen, really. But Sonoda serves his wrong, as he always does, and uh, gets, <laughs> a, gets a further penalty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else is happening? That's pretty much it at this point, wasn't it? It's just, yeah. yeah, it's just science, cut to Science Perez. Science Perez. Um, it was a good little battle. Science was defending well. He was getting giving himself a DRS and run down to turn four by just hanging back at, at three. Which took Perez a few laps to figure out. Um, but once he did, he quite easily got past Sainz to take second. Mm-hmm. Or first. Kind of driving. Yeah, kind of driving from Sainz. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, but it did feel a bit. There was a sense of inevitability, wasn't there? Because you know Perez should get passed by rights. And there's 10 yeah. laps left. That, and you're like, oh, he can't do this for 10, 11 laps. No. But he gave it a try, at least. Oh, yeah. And that's what I want to see. It probably cost him another track limit penalty later on. <laughs> post race <laughs> so it really didn't help anybody from the Ferrari point of view but it, it was feisty this race science. I like that yeah he wasn't just uh, laying down and letting him through that's what I like to see there was one moment in going into turn three where I thought they definitely bashed wheels but maybe they didn't but they both sort of converged at one point in the middle yes it, it was like whoa what's going on here but it changed camera angle didn't it just at the point yeah yeah clear but it was like a whoa that that got me sitting up on the seat, <laughs> uh, sitting up straight. Oh, whatever. 
it got your appendage interested. <laughs> God. <laughs> the Albon appendage, they exactly. got, I think it's determined. Exactly. Uh, so we get our race result, which uh, a couple hours later is not the race result because Aston Martin appeals it because they don't think that all the track limit um, infringements have been picked up by the stewards. And uh, they're correct. Um, Esteban Ocon gets about four years of penalties. <laughs> yeah. He gets 30 seconds, which I love. Because the way they decided to introduce a penalty system on the hoof, I think. Yeah. Where, ah, uh, I'm going to need to bring this up, but I think it was, was it three was a warning? No, four was a five. If you had four violations, it was five seconds. Yep. If you went to a fifth, it got upgraded to 10 seconds. And then they reset the timer, the the count. So Espan Ocon has had 15 track <laughs> infringements. Oh, wow. Picked up post-race. Post yeah. <laughs> so uh, so he's got penalties. Uh, Albon and Sargent get further penalties. Dick DeVries and Sonoda also get penalties after the race. Um, Hamilton gets penalties as a signs. Mm-hmm. Which completely messes about the order. So, yeah, track limits. <sighs> I'm hate... all for it in a way because, yeah. like, that's how it should be. Um, and if it means now that we're going to have to put gravel back on tracks, then fantastic. Yeah, that's my view on it. Yeah, bring it on. But <laughs> what I want to know is, will it be enforced as hard? It doesn't seem to be enforced as stringently as on this track than it does others, but I could be wrong there. It's more the way this track is, because those two mm. corners in particular, you can make quite a lot of time by just running ever so slightly wider. I, but for me, the issue is the track, not the track limits. Right. Because okay. uh, if you're going to have a white line, you've got to stay within it. It's like saying, you know, you score a goal and it's going, yeah, but it was only two foot over the line. Shouldn't <laughs> count. No, you can't just keep mixing and matching. No. Mm. They used to have the sausage curbs here, which I've been fine We don't want that moved, either. No. Isn't the answer. It's gravel or it's grass? For me, I think, because they don't... The FAA want them to have gravel, and they've asked them for years to put gravel there, but they don't want to because of the motorbikes. But why can't you just run oh. a strip of grass around the outside? So as if you run wide, you will lose time, but it's not going to... You know, send you off into the gravel. <sighs> mm. It's yeah, a tricky it, one as a circuit owner because you're right, you need the MotoGP money as well. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just have one. Yeah, oh. hence the chicane that they built for MotoGP that's uh, not used for Formula One, but, you know, turn three. Two. Mm-hmm. Two. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm kind of in the thing watching this at the weekend where I thought track limits should be enforced in qualifying but just hearing about it constantly in the race I was just like just let it go unless someone cuts a corner and what was annoying me was it was clearly inconsistent Yeah, because I, I tweeted at one point during the race I've seen Norris go off six times mm-hmm. and at the end of the race he had four infringements and it's like come on and the, apparently there was about twelve or thirteen hundred infringements yes. um, checked during the race. Wow, um, not enough. 
But it should be an automated system. It shouldn't. Yes, I it shouldn't take four or five laps to check each one, and two or three hours after a race to go through and check a bunch more. So, and on it because it was protest. Mm-hmm. Protested. It's just messy, and it's just a terrible look. Like F one's getting up quite a bit of stick at the moment because it's not competitive, mm-hmm. and then you spend the full weekend with this nonsense. The drivers just need to stay in the lines, and if they can't stay in the lines, the track needs to change. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So at the end of all that, Max extends his lead at the championship again. We're back this weekend at the British Grand Prix at Silverstone, so I'm quite excited about that. McLaren mm. have got a special livery that they were teasing the old chrome look coming back, and um, I was majorly mm. disappointed. It's just the engine cover, isn't it? And the front uh, line's got a bit. Yeah. I haven't seen it properly. I've seen that thumbnail of it. I haven't actually looked at a proper image yet. Didn't do enough to make me want to look at it. Right, it wasn't clickable enough. No, exactly. I just thought, oh, it's going to be like the last one they did. That was crap. Yeah. How long before it appears in the F1 game as a limited time event? Oh, yeah. I'm calling it now. DLC. Mm-hmm. Yes. So McLaren upgrades. I've been to see how they work this weekend. Uh, Mercedes have upgrades coming, apparently, to do with the front wing, front end. Which so do McLaren, I believe. Yawn. <laughs> and I think Aston as well, talking mm-hmm. about upgrades. So, hopefully everyone's a bit closer to Max. And for yes. anyone going to the Grand Prix, uh, you'll be able to see Aston Martin's amazing new head office, which is actually very, very impressive. Depending on the entrance routes you take, I'm not sure, but... Mm. Keep a lookout. It's right next to Silverstone. It's wild. Yeah, actually, speaking of Aston Martin, I have to say, Lance Stroll was much better this weekend, I thought. It was. After he gave up in Monaco. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But been quite critical of him, and I think deservedly so. So, mm-hmm. Fair play to you, Nick, for shouting out when he does something okay. Yeah. He beat Alonso, he held Alonso off in the sprint, and then he beat him in the race. Yep. Pulled off a nice overtaking manoeuvre on the outside of turn... Oh, God, no, 27. <laughs> <laughs> or did he beat him in the race? He didn't beat him in the race. It was just a sprint, was it? Uh, yeah, he beat him in the sprint, I believe, but he not the main race. The it was just a sprint, yeah. See, you've got me overpraising him now. That's it, Formula 1. Yep. Some sad news over the weekend, though. Um, had three passings over the past week. At Spa, a young junior driver, Doano Van Hoff, was uh, killed at, at the top of the Kennel Strait in wet conditions. That dominated the weekend, really, because that was announced on Saturday with an incident happened, I think, in the morning. Um, a lot of the drivers spoke about it post-sprint and post-qualifying. It's obviously another death at Spa. And uh, it raises the question about wet conditions and when when these sort of single-seaters should be running. Yeah, so Anton Hubert died in uh, 2019, mm. not too long ago, at the top of Eau Rouge Radion. Uh, I just want to make the point that this seemingly was further down the Kemmel Strait. There was an incident at the top there, but that hard to judge, but it might be unrelated. Um this incident happened, you know, several after several's car passing. But it, the race was under safety car for quite some time, and during that time, it got wetter. 
And with only a couple of laps left to run, the race was restarted and the spray was really bad. In fact, on the coverage of the race, which is Formula Regional European Championship by Alpine, quite the mouthful, um, you couldn't see this incident, even though the camera was mm. there because there was so much spray. And obviously the you know, commentator George Morgan was unaware because you just couldn't see the incident. Um, so horrific uh, news, thoughts with friends and family, but also horrific, you yeah. know, terrible conditions to race. I think... My opinion, that's the question. I've, I did see some article in a video by a media outlet suggesting that this is a second incident in the same place at Spa and the corner should be changed. I don't think we should be that rash about it until all the footage or the, all the, the full investigation has revealed what's happened. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously tragic news, but yeah, it's it's the weather is the main issue for me. Um, especially in junior formula because the cars are not mm. as well protected as the, the high-end ones. They should be much more wary of racing in bad conditions. Yeah, I mean, we all, we all complained when the Spa Grand Prix didn't happen two years ago, three years mm-hmm. ago. Which makes us hypocrites, yep. No, exactly. We want to see the best drivers in the world tested in wet conditions, but the question is... When is the right conditions? And as you've rightly raised, Nick, is it worth it for these young guys in these cars to to be risking their lives like that? And uh, in this instance, unfortunately, it seems like the wrong decision was made or, you know, fortune went the wrong way this time. Yeah, hindsight's uh, a wonderful thing. Yeah, and another young driver was unfortunately killed. But the, the F1 is taking measures to look at the spray. They're testing, actually, this weekend to... Um, wheel covers to go on the real wheels to act like mud flaps which reduce the spray um, there's some interesting graphics online which basically show you know the angle that the spray normally comes off at which mm-hmm. is basically straight up in the air near enough versus what this will do and it'll basically it'll keep it the spray down to car height which they're expecting will hopefully increase visibility you'll be able to see around the spray and through it but that's been tested this weekend um, on the cars I don't actually know if it's due to rain this week, but I imagine they're testing the drive regardless, just to see how they work. Mm-hmm. So there is steps being taken, but you know, caution is obviously coming back into people's minds about what when they should be running. And we had a couple other unfortunate deaths over the weekend. We had Bob Fernley, who was a former Force India deputy team principal. Who I was, I was a major Force India fan. For a good <laughs> five or six years, I was a fanboy, so it was a bit sad when I seen that at the weekend. And then British Tune Cars, uh, Steve Neal, the team head of Team Dynamics, he passed away, I think, at 82 over the weekend as well, which is also a big loss to the Tune Car Park. Yeah, I'd just like to touch on both of those a little. I don't have much time, but I'll, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll try and be brief, but. Um, Bob Fernley was a big shock because I actually interviewed him last year Did and uh, I never released it because I oh, I feel bad now. I was busy, but I wasn't quite sure if it was right for like a podcast or something. Uh, it was him and Manish Kaltabon and a few others because um, he was involved with the Bolton University uh, engineering and trying to get new mm. um, people into motorsport through that. And he actually worked for them. He, he, he was, you said their deputy team principal, but I don't know if you remember, Colin, uh, he would basically team principal because VJ Malia yeah. rarely turned up. <laughs> he was said, the face of the team, wasn't he? 
He yeah. was. Deputy was his official title, but he was he was a man that was actually running things. It's the same way that Claire Williams was the deputy team principal. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good good uh, analogy there, or parallel. And uh, he was also the head of the FIA Single Seats Commission for a couple of years, up mm-hmm. until 2022. I met him at Baltimore University because he was also uh, involved in this uh, Rocket Racing Star program, which was uh, an esports competition, and the winner got a, a drive in British Formula 4, which is which has happened. The, um, hmm. the driver is competing this year on the BTCC support, support package, finished uh, fourth at last round at Alton Park which is a great result. Yeah. I was there to spectate it. So that's uh, Deegan Fairclough, who was one of the winners of that, and he's doing very well this year. So that continues. But uh, Bob was there to make a, a big speech and talk about the program and his involvement in it. So that was that was a terribly sad uh, passing because, you know, when, he, when you see someone relatively recently and they seem okay, mm. it hits them harder, doesn't it? And then I think we should talk about Steve Neal, who obviously is Matt Neal's father. And he did win a race in the BTCC back in the 60s. When it was called uh, the British Saloon Car. Saloon car. Yeah, mm. that's it. Um, and he was actually a Cooper. He, was, he drove minis. He was actually a factory <laughs> Cooper driver, which is pretty cool. And if you go on the Autosport obituary on the website uh, by Marcus Simmons, there's an amazing picture of him you know, on the door handles in a mini against a, a mm. Ford and another mini, which is great. Um, but... You know, team dynamics is a team. You know, they're synonymous with the BTCC. I think, especially in the era we grew up. Yeah. You know, the privateers through the nineties. So founded in ninety three. Although they did compete in ninety two under Rimstock Racing. Oh yes. Which Matt Neal took out Colin McRae at Knock Hill that year. Controversial <laughs> circumstances. Uh, that was their debut year, and then you know, basically been allowed back into Scotland after that. I know that is a big <laughs> yes. Apparently there was some argy bargy after the race. <laughs> oh no, sorry, it was the other way around. I've got it completely wrong. Uh, Neil was taken out by McRae. There we go. That's why he's allowed back into Scotland. <laughs> yeah. um, Fair enough. And maybe uh, Steve Neil was the aggressor there, allegedly. Um, so the so there's that. But also, I think we, I just wanted to point out. You know, he founded the company Rimstock, who makes wheels. Mm. And the team was to to pr- help promote the wheel business. Um, and they actually sold it in a quote-unquote multi-million deal in 2016, Mm. um, did the Neils. Um, So that, you know, we often think about his team management role and getting Honda on board and Halfords and things like this. Um, But there was also the the business side behind the scenes. scenes. And actually, Rimstock wheels, even though they're owned by a different company now, that is every wheel in the BTCT grid. That is the standard part from their company. So... I suppose his legacy will live on through that. It's just a bit of a shame that Team Dynamics isn't in the BTCC this year. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. But hopefully we'll we'll see them back. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So again, our guards. Guest entry in the next round would be nice. Yeah. I I did see that some of the Super Turns were on this weekend. Was it a Brands Hatch? They were, Mm -hmm. with Anthony Reid. Yeah. And Radisic was driving. Uh, Jake Hill won the races, didn't he? I think so, yeah. And uh, they had they had one of uh, Steve Neal's Hondas. They put that at the front of the grid. Mm. Oh, really? A, a ceremonial tribute to them at the junior uh, race and at the weekends. Nice touch. And I saw Alan Menu did some demo runs in a Williams Renault as well. I think it wasn't in the race, but he did like drive some laps. Mm. Um, but those Super Taurus cost an arm and a leg to run. So yeah. Well done for anyone involved in running that. And I also just want to shout out a bit random. 
for us, for our podcast, but Peter Horbury, who was the head of Geely Design, which is a Chinese car company that owns Lotus and Volvo. And he, he passed away after designing many a great Volvo, turning that company around at 73 while on a business trip, sadly. But he, he allegedly, uh, I was reading an Instagram post by another car designer, Peter Stevens. He linked together Tom Walkershaw, TWR, and Volvo Instrumental in them entering the BTCC with that estate car back in the day. So another mm. uh, regards to friends and family. Yeah, a sad end to the podcast, but uh, we'll be back next weekend with the British Grand Prix. Uh, there was a British Touring Car Test today, um, mid-season tyre test. Don't know if you guys have any news from it. Uh, there was a couple of debutants um, for the team hards. Um Daryl De Leon and Nathan Harrison, who got some uh, seat time. It's always good to see. Um, I believe it was a tyre test, isn't it, this one mostly? Yeah, good um, year so, test. So the times aren't particularly significant, but it was interesting to see Aaron Taylor-Smith was right up there. Mm. Tom Chilton, I think, was quickest in the morning session as well. Mm. Yeah, Ingram quickest in the second. It's good, hopefully, in terms of it's more track time for teams. So I hope they, you know, someone takes it to Sutton like people, you know, we want people to take it to Verstappen. Although the points gap is close in the standings. Easy to forget that. Uh, Yeah. But, you know, you hope teams that have slightly fallen behind a bit, like uh, I think Toyota, hopefully this was beneficial to them. But I'm not entirely sure the um, Hondas were running at all. Um, No, I was just trying to work out who was missing. Um, Yeah, that would make sense. And uh, that's a bit of a shame because I think they, they need it. (laughs) <laughs> but if budgets are budgets then so be it yeah that must be the only reason it's weird that it was at Donington Park and not uh, Snetterton but I think they were running the longer layout which will be used later in the season as well so they were it's also was a, the Melbourne test run layout for that. I think they call yes. it these days Melbourne layout so um, yeah I suppose that will help them get their eye in for that one yeah mm-hmm. definitely right we'll be back next week to the British Grand Prix our home race, which will be epic, and um, someone new will win. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> okay, I'll go with it. Yeah, woo! <laughs> uh, I'm interested to see what reception Max will get. Um, ah, it's polite not, applause. It's not normally popular, mm. but we'll wait and see. Uh, there's a lot of Red Bull fans when fine. I was there uh, a few years ago. Well, Milton Keynes is just down the road. True. Exactly. So. It's more their home race than Austria, especially considering Red Bull is uh, Thai from Thailand. Uh, yes, originally it was Thai, wasn't it? Or was it Singapore? No, it was Thai. You're right. I think it was Thai. But... It was Thai. Yes. Um, Dietrich Maschitz, they had a little tribute to him at the weekend mm-hmm. as well. Ah, yes. First race back at the Red Bull Ring since his passing. Mm. Um, okay. We'll end there. We'll keep going. So we'll be back next week. British Grand Prix. We'll see you then. Like, subscribe, download, um, buy your energy drink. That's what people have these days. And <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Go away.